Hello, it's me, Lily, a frog, who lives in a pond and loves to tell stories. This story is dedicated to Josephine. Return to the Crystal Castle, written just for you by Marlene Werfel. The Crystal Castle, as you know, is the most beautiful castle that was ever built in all of fairy tale history. It was crafted by giants for its human inhabitants who rule over the Sweetwater Kingdom. The Sweetwater Kingdom is famous for its orchards and vineyards, for its musicians and poets, for the Crystal Castle itself, which is made entirely out of citrine, quartz, and amethyst crystals, with crystal turrets, crystal walls, and crystal floors. The Sweetwater River runs through the castle itself, and as it runs, it plays the sweetest melodies on a finely wrought musical instrument made from thousands of fine crystals suspended from the tallest turrets with silver and gold threads. The most beautiful music is heard at all times in the Crystal Castle, as long as the Sweetwater River flows. The Crystal Castle is also famous for its sunsets and sunrises, which glow with the most exquisite reds and pinks and purples. And because of the lushness and the hospitality of the Sweetwater Kingdom and the astonishing beauty of the Crystal Castle, it is a popular wedding destination. The hero of this tale is a princess who finds herself at one such elaborate wedding in the Crystal Castle. Her name is Princess Dilistrionia Flulutria Shmushmu. She does not like this name at all. She prefers to be called D. Princess D does find the Crystal Castle beautiful and the Sweetwater Kingdom lovely. She is delighted by the croque-en-bouche on the buffet table and the freshly pressed apple juice, but Dee does not care, really, for weddings. She does not applaud or tear up when the bride and groom kiss. She does not try to catch the bride's bouquet when she tosses it to the leaping maidens on the dance floor. 
She does not care about romance, really. She enjoys a feast, and the music is nice, but once the speeches begin, Princess D just wishes she were anywhere else. At this particular wedding, in the Crystal Castle, Princess D sees her parents get teary-eyed as the mother of the bride directs four footmen to begin unrolling a scroll that is so large and heavy it must be wheeled up to the podium like a trebuchet. And when the mother of the bride explains to the wedding guests that she will now read her favorite classical poem on the subject of romantic love, Princess D gets up out of her chair. She sneaks out of the ballroom while the guests are a-hemming and refilling their wine glasses. She helps herself to one last cream puff. Then she finds her way out into the mists that gather in the moonlight in the gardens and moats surrounding the crystal castle. Dee takes a deep breath of sweet night air. She smiles up at the moon. She listens to the sound of the Sweetwater River rushing over rocks. She feels the cool, refreshing breeze on her limbs as she paces around the garden. And then she hops onto a moss-covered log with a good view of the sleepy Sweetwater Kingdom, where she could dangle her feet into the lake below. Just as she is planning to sit and have a good think there, she hears a voice in the mist. I wouldn't sit that close to the water if I were you. Dee looks around. Who said that? Who is there? It is only I, a humble shepherd boy, awaiting assistance from a magical creature of the lake. The boy stepped forward into the moonlight, and Dee thought he looked honest and good-natured, which he was. He had messy brown hair and a long walking stick, and he wore wool socks with leather sandals. What sort of magical creature are you expecting? Dee asked him. Who knows? This lake is known to be enchanted. In its depths there's at least one fire dragon, which is why you shouldn't sit too close to the water. There are rumors of mermaids, too. There's been many phoenix sightings and stories about a black swan who wears an emerald. There are definitely nymphs, fairies, and sprites in the area, but being a humble shepherd boy, I would expect assistance probably from a talking frog or a crow, but I couldn't say for sure. I'll be grateful for any help I can get. What do you need assistance with? My village, which exists just beyond the ogre-filled cliffs, is plagued by a man-eating beast. We cannot defeat him on our own, and alas, he has eaten so many men and so many of my sheep that I'll soon be without village or sheep if I don't do something about it. So here I am, hoping for magical assistance. Dee and the boy looked out at the waters, which sparkled in the moonlight. Let me guess, said the boy. You're here to wish for a handsome prince to marry. Or maybe to kiss some toads in the hopes that they will turn into handsome princes. No, I am not, said Dee. You might think you know everything about princesses, but you don't. I couldn't care less about marriage and romance. 
I'm not that kind of princess. Well, why are you here then? asked the boy at the banks of the enchanted lake in the moonlight. I'm just, I'm getting some fresh air, said D. I'm not wishing for anything except a little peace and quiet. There was a longish silence then, into which Princess D added, or adventure. I mean, to be honest, I am kind of bored of princess life, and I sometimes wish I was a hero on an adventure. Just then, a shooting star passed overhead, leaving a sparkling tail in the dark night sky, and it lit the dark garden all around them, and a pair of rainbow trout leapt up from the enchanted lake, dropping a gleaming sword and a message in a bottle at their feet. The shepherd boy ran to the message in the bottle, and the princess ran to the sword and held it up gleaming in the moonlight. It had some lettering upon it that said, Dalen. What could that mean? she wondered aloud. That's my name, said the boy. I'm Dalen. The sword must be intended for me. So probably then this is for you, he said, handing the message in the bottle to Dee. She uncorked the bottle, took the message out, and read, Princess Dee, you have been assigned a hero's quest. She gasped. Save a prince, find a magic mirror, and outwit an ogre to break a curse. If you succeed, untold riches will be yours. Well, good luck with that, said Dalen, walking away with the gleaming sword. I have a man-eating beast to slay. I'm sure this enchanted sword will help. I'm very grateful to the magical fish for their assistance. Good night. Wait, said Dee. Didn't you say your village was just beyond the ogre-filled cliffs? Yes. Well, I need an ogre to outsmart. I'm on a hero's quest. Dalen, the shepherd, agreed to walk with Dee to the ogre-filled cliffs. He knew the way, and there was no reason not to set out right away, since the path was so well lit by the full moon. As they neared the ogre-filled cliffs, the clean, crisp smells of the Sweetwater River and the apple orchards of the Sweetwater Valley gave way to the stink of ogres. How will you outsmart the ogres? asked Dalen. I'm going to wing it, said Dee. Just then they heard some rocks tumbling down the cliffs towards them, and as they jumped out of the way of the tumbling rocks, they felt themselves grabbed and lifted off their feet by the ugliest, smelliest ogre who picked up Princess Dee in one hand and Dalen in the other and gave them a deep, long sniff. Smell tasty, said the ogre. We'll eat. I feel so bad for this ogre, said Princess Dee to Dalen. Why is that? asked Dalen. Because I know how much ogres love to eat ponies, and we were going to 
go to your village to get 100 ponies to give to the ogres. And now we can't get ponies because this ogre will eat us now instead of later when we bring him 100 ponies to eat. Oh, that is sad, said Dalen. Yes, it is so sad that we should both cry now, said Dee. We should cry that the poor ogre has to eat two little people instead of one hundred ponies. Cry for ogre because one hundred ponies better than two people, said the ogre. Yes, said Dee, but there is no way to get the ponies because you must eat us now and not eat 100 ponies instead. Wait, said the ogre, me not eat two people, me eat 100 ponies. You go to village to get ponies for ogre. Okay, if you insist, Mr. Ogre, said Dalen, we'd rather be eaten right now but if you'd rather we get you 100 ponies we will don't cry the ogre said to d who was doing a great job of sobbing get ponies for ogre and he put them down and they ran down the path with the ogre protecting them all the way to the edge of the ogre filled cliffs that was brilliant said dalen and d agreed with him you were great. They continued down the moonlit path, laughing. It just felt right to continue together on their adventure now, towards the man-eating beast in Dalen's village. Well, all sorts of odd things happen in Enchanted Forest, so they passed a horse that was wearing high heels and a gown. They passed a witch that was selling candy apples. They passed an owl and a cat carrying a picnic basket, but they didn't stop. They kept going. They didn't stop until they saw something truly odd. A princess that looked just like Dee, walking with a shepherd boy who looked just like Dalen, socks and sandals and all. Stop, said Dee. The people they passed stopped when they did. Turn around, said Dee. The people who looked just like them turned around when they turned around. Now, let's walk slowly towards each other. And as Dee and Dalen walked slowly towards other Dee and Dalen, Dalen said, this is so odd. It's like looking in a mirror. Exactly, said Dee. And I am looking for a magic mirror. The other princess, who looked just like Dee, said it too. When they were almost nose to nose with the boy and girl who looked just like them, Dee thought to ask if they happened to have a magic mirror. And that's when the pair turned into a silver hand mirror and began to fall to the ground. Dalen reached out and caught it before it landed or broke, and he handed it to Dee. She put it in her belt, and they continued on, thinking they'd been so lucky this far, it must be a good sign for things to come. When they arrived at Dalen's village, there were bones littered everywhere, and the wailing of women could be heard. The man-eating beast was bathing in the fountain in the village square. 
He had pointed teeth and pointed claws, and his tiny eyes glowed red in the moonlight. He was much smaller than an ogre, but somehow more powerful because he moved with such precision and speed. Dee shuddered when she saw him. All the houses in the village were shuttered tight, and no dogs barked or birds sang. It was an eerie scene. The sword began to glow in Dalen's hand, a soft purple color like amethyst. Somehow the beast sensed their presence and moved towards them with remarkable speed. Dee screamed and Dalen raised his sword. You can't defeat me, said the beast, staring hard into Dalen's eyes. No mortal can. You are too weak and too stupid. Drop that enchanted sword right now. And Princess D was shocked when Dalen did drop the sword, and he just stood there as if waiting to be devoured. Dalen, that's your sword. You pick it up, said Dee. But he did not. Instead, the man-eating beast turned his attention to Princess Dee. What could she do? She couldn't outrun the beast, and she had no weapon of her own, just a magic mirror. She reached for the mirror, held it up to the beast, squeezing her own eyes shut tight in terror. Well, the beast became mesmerized, staring at his own tiny red eyes in the magic mirror. And no longer under his spell, Dalen picked up the magic sword and he plunged it into the man-eating beast's heart. The beast dissolved into a puff of red smoke and was gone. The sun began to rise in the west and birdsong returned to the village immediately. Villagers came out of their houses, and they hurrayed for Dee and Dalen, their heroes. We will give you anything your heart desires as a reward, the mayor of the town told Princess Dee. Actually, I think my parents will be starting to worry. I need to get back to the Crystal Castle before the wedding is over. And so the swiftest horse was brought from the stables, and as Princess Dee mounted it, a crow cawed. When she looked up, the crow dropped a map with a key tied onto it into her hand. She unrolled the map and saw it was a treasure map with untold riches marked with an X on it. Hmm, said Dee, recalling her quest. Save a prince, find a magic mirror, and outwit an ogre to break a curse. If you succeed, untold riches will be yours. But I haven't saved a prince, Princess D wondered aloud. Actually, said Dalen, you've saved me more than once, and truth be told, I'm not actually a humble shepherd boy. I'm a prince. But <laughs> why are you posing as a humble shepherd boy if you're really a prince? Honestly, I don't want to get married. There's a lot of pressure for a prince to get married, and who needs it? All that romance stuff, it's just not for me. I want to be alone with my books, 
my flock of sheep, and, and the stars in the sky. I hear you, Dalen, said Dee, and they high-fived each other before she raced off through the enchanted forest back to the celebration, back to her parents, back to the crystal castle.